So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And we are in the last week of grit. This is exciting, but you're listening to the Drop Podcast, and we're going to give you the full rundown. Robbie, you made a face there. What's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm done with everything. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I, is it the sad Robbie show? It's sad Robbie show. Yeah, I went. I'm already in my depressed, giving up on life phase after 24 hours. Yeah, I, I know how he feels, though. Like, when I get injured or I'm not feeling my best, it's really hard to pull yourself out of that dark cave because you're like, I'll never run again. <laughs> yeah, so for backstory, this will come as a shock to absolutely no one who listens to this podcast. <laughs> but I was running yesterday, just normal run, feeling good. I did take a couple of days off because I had some stuff going on. Just uh, I was just tired, I think. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, you know what? I'm doing marathon training. I need to get back on track. So I took a couple of days off. It was literally just running like with the stroller, but not even really running, like jogging um, on the sidewalk. Just wrecked my ankle, rolled it right over. Like, wh- are you looking for uneven pavement? Like, what happens? That wasn't uneven. Oh, what? <laughs> it's a thing. Literally just flat normal. That's... It's so frustrating. It's really frustrating at this point because I'm like, should I even <laughs> keep running or I training think, for things? I think you should. I think you just. Are you? Were you tired just, when you were running? No. There's got to be exercises to strengthen your ankles. I remember, like when I twist my ankle, they used to have me do the rubber band thing where you'd stretch out like a rubber. Like, I think not my ankles band. are rubber bands, it. though. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to strengthen the muscles and stuff around it. But I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a second opinion. But one physical therapist I said to was like, basically, you can't do anything. I mean, you can, but it's like not really. Wait, which physical therapist was this? I'm not gonna name names. Are you gonna? I, I think I know. Maybe, but um, it's not. Wait, wait. They, they're saying you can't run or walk or do anything now. Yeah, maybe I misheard too. Maybe I just imagined that. In Is my it head. rhyme with scanny? <laughs> I, I really would. Want, like, or would it be more like Tem? Um, I think it's. Ben, Ben. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't really want to. I don't know why we keep pushing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it was a pretty bad, like pop, snap, crackle, pop, rice crispy mm-hmm. style. And it was your other ankle this time. Oh yeah, because I didn't even mention that Sunday night I rolled my right ankle playing soccer with my kids. Do you remember or Saturday night? Now this is going back for the young folk, but do you remember the Wizard of Oz that movie? I mean, yeah. Do you remember when the scarecrow first gets off the cross? Mm, I don't know. I wasn't that a huge. I would just watch the Pink okay. Floyd like the first time through the Dark Side of the Moon, dark, and okay. then I would just stop. Okay, when, when the, uh, the scarecrow gets off the cross, 
Mm-hmm. And he's walking. I feel like you're gonna have to look up the video because I feel like that's what I imagine you look like running down the street. Probably true, dude. I almost wrecked a stroller. Like, and was there anything in it? Yeah, my kid who wasn't strapped in, so he was just went flying. <laughs> people, no, people were like stopped. Like it was one of those things. Oh, like oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I the only reason I didn't fall was because I was holding on to the stroller. Rather save myself than my kid. But I'm, I'm going to say that it is funny because kids do like the things that we used to do skateboarding. Like if I did that one time, if I did one fall off a quarter pipe, yeah, I would probably be out for like <laughs> the rest of my life. I'd be in a right wheelchair. Now? Yeah. Yeah. And, but back then you used to slap your head real hard. That's the <laughs> whole, that's the whole reason I'm in this spot today. It's from rolling my ankles so many times uh, skateboarding. Skateboarding didn't do it for me. I did it in basketball and like lacrosse. I think I have weak ankles genetically. I don't think I come from a superior species. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're closer to coming out of the ocean. Like you used to have a tail. Yeah, and now yeah, I don't have that balance anymore. What are these? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be shot if it was like in the 1700s. And my <laughs> eyesight's like 22,000 or something. My Yeah, you're a goner. My ankles. Yeah. I, just, I always think about that. Like if you're in the jungle... And like I've had, I had I have contacts, mm-hmm. I had braces, yeah. I had all the benefits of modern right. science. If we were in the jungle, we would have been eaten so fast because we wouldn't have been able to see the thing coming at us. Yeah. Everybody else would be like, don't tell Robbie. Yeah, they want you gone because yeah. you're a liability yeah. to the tribe. Unless you're, but Robbie, they would have wanted you for your base skills you know, <laughs> yeah. around the campfire. Very useful in survival <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> we need a new basis. <laughs> Oh man, but no, I'm like, I'm just. So, are you done with grit? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's only four days left. Oh, I think I can maybe like a couple days get back and for a little just, bit, just squeeze out a little grit. But the problem is that there's six weeks until my marathon or seven weeks, and I'm like, was just uh, feeling good. I'm like, okay, gonna do a big week this week, but you can't, you can't get like in your head about that stuff because you still have time to to get your ankle in the correct position and then two like you kind of thrive off of the non non really doing the work before you race kind of you're not lifestyle. wrong so like i like it goes back to uh basically schoolwork and cramming for a test the night before that's yeah. make make seems like somebody who would have studied the whole week yes uh maybe but probably not as much as you thought okay i'm like doing the homework as the teacher's coming around like <laughs> megan was <laughs> megan was popping adderalls <laughs> get, get, get it all in in a couple hours um anyway meg how's your grit going um because i feel like i'm the only one who's really you are like like taking it serious like i think you're just doing your regular training and it happens to be in fact i was just doing the math and i'm probably going to finish like around 290 high <laughs> but i'm not going to change anything you're not going to go for the three she doesn't care so dumb <laughs> just kidding. um i because i i feel like i need a rest day and so i want to take a rest day all right i am 40 miles away from 300 and there's no i will crawl to get there if I have to. I, I, get, I didn't realize you were doing that many miles. I saw you post like 260. You know, yeah. I was, no offense, I was surprised. Well, I did 300 last, 315 last time. Yeah. I just didn't During think the you were trying to do that. Oh, on this one? Yeah. I wasn't. I, I honestly went into it and originally my plan was, okay, I'll do my training for 
the London Marathon, and just whatever that is. But then, like, I started running, and I was like, I'll add in an extra mile here. And then when I felt good, I just kept going. And then it just was one of those things where I'm like, I'm feeling good, and, like, it's not going to hurt. And I was, I was doing the, like, if you look at my mileage going up, I'm doing, like, it's not like I did the, like, winter grid, I got a little injured, but I, like, jumped up from, like, 30 miles to 60 miles in one week. Mm-hmm. And I think that threw my body off. Yeah. This one, I've got like a, a nice steady, it goes like before grit, I was doing like 55 miles a week. Then I went 60, 70 and okay. kind of just popped it up. And so, I mean, I've just been loving it. Like, and then at first I was like, I'll throw out my workouts, not worry about it. But I've actually been doing my marathon workouts okay. in it. Like this morning I did. Um, 10 repeats of pretty aggressive effort for me. Now they're not, I'm not hitting two mile them. repeats. Now they were going <laughs> be really aggressive. <laughs> um, but it was fun. Cause like when I finished it, like I finished the workout that I would have had just on paper. And then instead of doing an out and back, so then I just did it all out mm-hmm. and then turned around and went back. And so I had like close to 14 miles. Okay. Wow. I was like, okay, I feel good. I'm not hurting. And uh, I'm like, I actually did the math wrong. I thought I had to do 13 miles every day here on out. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's a a lot. I figured out that it was, I only have to do like 10. That's quite the the difference. Yeah. 16 mile run on Saturday. So you're not doing the accounting here, are you? No, that'd be (laughs) Megan. (laughs) Definitely Megan. But yeah, no, but I'm having fun with it. And I hope I see people posting and I think most people are having fun with it. And, you know, it bums, bums me out that you're obviously not, like, feeling like like I know your goal originally was. And you're kind of, like, bummed that you're not hitting it. And it would be fun if we were all going for it. But I also, like, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean. I know it doesn't mean anything. I think it's more the marathon thing that's making me mad. But don't give up hope on that yet. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm definitely going to run it. Yeah. It's just the matter of what <laughs> what pace or whatever. And you'll pull a rabbit out of your butt. I don't know. <laughs> Probably just drink a bunch of beers and <laughs> still still hate Basically your goal. Basically what I've been doing the last <laughs> few days. I'm like, oh, this is a good break time <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I, I feel like this keeps happening, too. It does not feel like it does. Because the last marathon in the fall... Exact, exact same thing. I think I was like six weeks away or five weeks Do away. Do you think that you have a little like demon that sits next to you and whenever you're getting close to a marathon, it like hits no, your No, because it's the, the, <laughs> the thing is it's a regular occurrence. So it just so happens like that <laughs> because it happens all the time, it just happens during marathon training. But I was trying to be careful and actually like look where I'm running, not like look around and then uh, like not doing as much trail running. Can I ask you what shoe you're wearing? Yeah, it, I don't think that matters. But it does. I'll, it, was I'll a, why. it was a Skechers Persistence. Okay. That has a decently wide base, but it also has a higher stack. What I was thinking is like some of the shoes that we're getting in now, like the Hoka Bondi, that had that extreme wide base. Well, the whole reason, that's why I kind of wore that shoe to begin with that day. Okay. Because I was like, oh, this is, this is you know, not going to be too unstable. Um, it's There's a lot of structure around the ankle in that shoe it's called persistence so i think you have to proceed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh 
But yeah, I don't know. It, it might have been the stroller thing too, because it always messes up your your running stride when you're running with the stroller. It does, because um, you just drag your you tiptoe, you drag your feet, mm-hmm. like you don't lift them all the way, and you probably hit the front of your foot and yeah, just rolled it over. So, and I tried to actually take care I'm of a, it. I'm a stroller parent. I tried to take. I got my wife to pick me up. That's for real. That's how. Oh like, wow. Yeah. How far away were you from the house? Like a mile. Mm-hmm. And then did she put you in the stroller and <laughs> wheel you back? She put a gave, brought a baby bottle of of uh, <laughs> vodka salt. What's well, the salt stick? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, vodka would be better. Um, but then I tried to actually take care of it, and, like rest it and elevate it, and but I don't know. Advil. Yep. All right. To to bring the thing back up, people probably already if they listen to this podcast, they heard last week our recap of the world championships where we had Kafuzi on as a special guest, but Robbie's wearing a shirt right now. Oh, that is from Eugene. Did you, where'd you get that? At the university of Oregon store. Oh, you went to the duck store. Uh huh. That's cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else? Did you get it like a U of O shirt? No, I, I and to describe for those listening. Oh. It's a waffle shirt. So it says our roots run deep and it has a waffle as a sun with a silhouette of a runner. And then the Nike logo on a yellow shirt. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Uh, I think Nike gets away with highway robbery with the quality. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it's like 30 bucks for this shirt, and, and the profit margins are pretty good. I actually, I picked up from the Eugene Running Company. I grabbed, um, well, he was nice enough to give us one mm-hmm. shirt, but I also grabbed the Stop pre-shirt. Oh, yeah. And I wore it yesterday. I, I liked it. Okay. So I don't it's know. A, it's probably the same thing. It I mean, might it's, be. It's but not bad. It's just whatever it kind of is retro to me yeah that's what it's like like the heavier cotton mm-hmm. kind of are you guys gonna run in them i will um maybe yeah and i got a track town pizza shirt while i was there i guess to commemorate my stomach <laughs> issues for the do you wear it only day. in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. i'll wear it on trail runs in case i need toilet paper there you go um actually that's not a bad idea for a trail shirt to have like rip off parts <laughs> yeah that are biodegradable sleeves that come off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they should market it like, like bi- yeah, biodegradable trail shirt. Yeah, not a bad idea. There we go. <laughs> Robbie's starting his own trademark that cottage industry could, of of crapping in the woods. Products. <laughs> you could punch out the pieces like the Jim Walmsley shirt style. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bigger than that. Yeah, <laughs> those are like quarters. Yeah, you're sizes. gonna get a uh, E. coli. Um, yeah, situation. I mean, I have left a glove in the woods like when it was cold during Hat 50K. Yeah. So, I mean, and I keep hoping that someone's like, look, running gloves. <laughs> Brown running gloves. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Did you, we talked about your running, Meg? Just basically grit stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm training for London. We are, I actually don't know how many weeks away we are. Uh, it's the first weekend in October. So, what is that? Right around the corner. Like Eight weeks? It'll be here before. No, it's actually a lot longer than that. Nine weeks? I think it's like 10. 10 weeks? Oh, cool. I'll take it. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking at our, our race calendar, uh, planning, just training and stuff. And basically, once we go to Falmouth, we have a race on the calendar every single weekend until London. Not every single weekend, every other weekend until London. Wow. So I'm, I guess that's good. It'll be, we'll be racing to fitness. Yeah. yeah. Nine and a half weeks. Okay. I think it's good for me right now. Like I, I actually, you know, the 5K that we did in Oregon it was a little weird for me but I I think I think going into it with that kind of low key energy mm-hmm. actually worked out in my benefit no for sure yeah. 
So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, we're doing a, a really exciting project with New Balance that's going to kick off in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll hold off on sharing all those details until the next podcast. But um, yeah, we have some fun stuff to share that we're doing with them. Yeah, get excited. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking. I was thinking about what we're going to do a VO two test at some point. Path. Maybe. I mean, I think we'll be parts. doing some. We'll be doing some different we'll doing tests some at the at the track, the the research lab they have there in Boston. Um, we haven't exactly confirmed what everyone will be doing, but we will be doing some testing. And so we're going to yeah, be we'll doing some, it with a group. Some cool data. So it, it it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, the end goal will be New York City. So Megan and I will head out to London and do that, and then come back. We'll run New York, depending on Megan how you do in London. You're probably going to want to. Maybe uh, see how you feel about running New York. I know that. Hopefully, it'll be a, a victory lap, but yeah. we'll see how London goes. I think a bunch of us want to do it more as a victory lap. Yeah, a tour of New York. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that seriously. <laughs> it's too hard. It's yeah. so hard. No. <laughs> I but, mean, I mean, we're gonna train great for that race. Right. Yes. We are. We're gonna train the hell out of that race. Mm -hmm. And maybe run with a vodka uh, trail <laughs> yeah, pack. Throw it all away yeah. and run at the end. <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll we'll take. I mean, we'll take it seriously. But uh, yeah. So other than that, definitely check out our recap of of um, Eugene. Eugene, and we'll probably have the video up on YouTube by the time that this rolls out, so you can check out the video. Uh, I guess we we recorded. Yeah, I, I was uh, trying to remember when we recorded the actual podcast for us. That was before we left Eugene. Yeah, yeah, we were in Eugene. So did anything else crazy happen? Actually, surprisingly, no. Like, you've remembered the rest of your gear. All your gear made it back it to Baltimore. Came together. Um, uh, I did that run in Oakland. That was weird. Yeah, you did. You want you want to tell people? About I mean, that? I just took. We had a four hour layover, so I took the Bart train. By um, the way, the Oakland. Was a rough airport to have a four-hour layover in. Yeah, yeah, there, not great. It was not the most appealing airport to be stuck in. But Robbie got out. Yeah, I, it was a little bit confusing, like tr trying to figure out what to do, how to get out of there, and that the train's like crazy expensive. It was eight dollars each way for two stops, which was crazy because like, the last time I rode on a Bart train, I was sixteen years old. Uh huh. So. <laughs> Prices were a it little a different. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. basically, you had to sing for your ride. But in New York, it's like a dollar. You know what I mean? It's super cheap for the subway. So yeah. it was a shock to me to to pay that much. I was surprised because I was Coast talking to you about it, and you told me that last time you were in New York, you didn't get a token. You got like a card. Yeah, they do. Well, I mean, th this is like since two thousand six, at least. They, they, yeah, it's a not a full on plastic credit card, but a. I guess a lot of thin ones. Every time I've been to New York since then, I haven't really. Well, no, we went on the subway when we stayed in Brooklyn. They might do an app by now. I don't even know. I haven't taken the Maybe subway in a couple of years. Attention. Yeah, anyways, but running around there was interesting. It was like the situation there is wild with the like tent encampments. It, like it was kind of shocking to me because, you know, you see some stuff on TV, but the way that it was look like certain places were a third world country that was when you told me about it, that's what crazy. it made me think of is like when i went to puerto rico mm -hmm. and we're going to this phenomenal resort it's beautiful yeah but on the way there we're driving through you yeah know, shanties and stuff yeah and, and i'm like 
Okay, that's that's in a different country. I know that they're a province of the United States, but for the most part, yeah, different government, different. And now, that was years ago, and now I feel like we drove through Boston and saw that. We drove through San Francisco, and you see it. And now you're talking about Oakland. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to make any... Uh, <laughs> that's just an observation, not going to make any commentary on it, but it was... A little sketch at times. I think some of the areas I was in, and I run around Baltimore a lot. So, it, <laughs> Baltimore's like I felt like I felt like one of the places I ran through was one of the sketchier places I've ever run. And, and there's like a, someone in one tent going through withdrawals and just like screaming, mm. which is the worst. I've heard it before in certain situations, and <laughs> certain situations. not not in like it just. I'm not going to go into it, but it was. It's like the worst sound in the world. And I was just like, man, this is messing with my head because I'm just trying to go on a run around the lake there. Trying to see something pretty. Yeah, but then on the other end, it's like more normal, but whatever. It was, an, it was just like a weird, depressing run. The weird thing was uh, when my parents got divorced, Robbie took a picture of, you know, Lake Merritt has a like a high rise on it. And that's, I think, might have been the first place my mom moved after... She moved out of our house. It's so weird. And like, it's it's like a, it's almost featured in Robbie's what? picture. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's weird. You're like, I lived there for, <laughs> for a time. Yeah, I, actually fortunate. I mean, it was weird. Oakland's always been kind of, I really feel like Oakland could be a sister city to Baltimore. It's always had a little bit of trouble, mm-hmm. but it had nice, like the Oakland Hills is extremely Oh, really? uh, desirable place to live it's very expensive um yeah it seems like with san francisco and everything i guess you see berkeley and stuff there's a kind of runs into each other but there's also a distinct disparities between some places i don't think that you see it uh, i mean we see it in baltimore that but it's kind of it hasn't changed since the 60s it's mm. like there's there's have and have nots in baltimore city since pretty much forever yeah yeah and i i think what's weird for me is like there was always a little bit of um income disparity in the bay area when i was growing up there yeah but now it's i I feel like it's just so like the the polar extremes are just so much more further apart yeah that makes sense but anyways all to say did that we came home. I was wiped. I think we all were, right? I definitely took a few days to like, well, first of all, you got the time zone change and then just, I think, sleep catch up in general because like we said, our schedule there was absolutely insane. Yeah. So, And I, I don't want to sound like poor us because it was no. a, an amazing trip, but I will tell you, it took everything out of us because, well, we were also, all of us at that time, we're also putting up... S- pretty serious mileage while we were in Eugene. Yeah. So we were getting up early to do group runs. We were getting in extra mileage. We were working on uh, content while we were there. We were going to Hayward Field, going to dinner late, drinking. You didn't even mention we probably walked five miles a day. Yeah. Just for sure. Just walk easily. Yeah. (laughs) Easily. But I mean, so when we got back, I think all of us were just a little bit like threat. What do they call it? Thread? What do you threadbare or what? Threadbare. What do you call it when? Yeah, is that the right term? That's a word. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> no one knows what it means. Like almost frayed edges. Yeah, like that's we're tired. Threadbare. Yeah, when yeah. you have like a clothing that's all 
Oliver Twist style. Yeah. I, I feel like my brain probably looked like Oliver Twist. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all very twisted. More, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about some running news because there's a lot that we didn't cover. A, Sidney McLaughlin was crazy. We should probably yeah. talk about that. I, yeah. You know what I want to do first, though? Stuff. Can, can we... So we've had Ashley Polson on the show before. That's part of what I was talking about. Okay. So I Can to, we do it first? First, I want to do wrap up Worlds. Okay, wrap up Worlds. So Worlds, uh, Cindy McLaughlin's race was insane. I don't yeah. even know how. I she broke her, her own commercials record. With their, where she helps the dogs. What? Where she helps the dogs. You know, Who she, let the dogs out? No, she asks you to give donations. Oh, like a Sarah McLaughlin thing? Oh. oh, gosh. There you go. Wow. Where's the Yeah, We need to figure out these buttons so I can do the sad one. I think it's this one. The guy wasn't funny. He played a laugh track. There it is. Brandon's not even going to put that track on here. Okay, maybe he will this time. All right, so we're just messing with sound effects, making sure we do the best possible production here. But yeah, Sydney McLaughlin, saving dogs, racing races, hurdling, and... And just being like superior to every other yeah it's not fair she made it look easy too yeah it's not fair. it's like almost insulting at that point it was like when i was at the back of the 100 meter <laughs> dash that you guys did <laughs> just looks like a different sport <laughs> she should um like turn around and taunt people or something mm -hmm. oh finish backwards yeah that should make or people like somersaults her. and stuff yeah it, people love to see them both for doing it true yeah but i will say what was crazy about that was that the time she ran would have got her through the first, at least the first heats of the 400 meter flat. Yeah. And well, you have to explain that she had to jump over hurdles. Yeah. Okay. Why it's is just, it blinking? It's just blinking. Just let it go. It's bothering me. Laissez faire. Uh, so. Shouldn't have touched it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to do just it the whole time. Nuts. Sorry. All right. Technical things going on. So she. Yeah, she she ran 400 meter hurdles, mm -hmm. but her time would have qualified her in the 400 flat. Yeah, like Pat got her through the first round. At like least. if there wasn't things to jump over. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even make sense. She's like not human. So she's going to transition to the 400, right? At some point. I don't know. You have to. You've already conquered the world four times in the hurdles. You would yeah, have. Yeah, but to. then don't you want to keep doing that until you can't anymore? I wouldn't want to. I'd can't you just on. do both? I'd say I did that. Moving on. I guess I, she could. I mean, she finished so far ahead of everybody. I think that if there was no hurdles in the way, maybe she needs the hurdles to be that fast. I don't think so. No, dude. Mm -mm. I think I've actually read that she is going to. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, and so that was cool. The rest of it was cool. So I don't have cable uh, TV or Axe or anyone's password. Peacock. Yeah. So... And I'm done signing up for free trials. It's too annoying for me. So so I VPN'd into the B BBC's broadcasting. Of course you did. <laughs> of, the, of the events, which was wild because it's all British commentary and talking about the athletes, the British athletes. So there's like no coverage of the Americans. Oh. They interviewed the British athletes afterwards, everything but else. But how good was the commentary? It was actually, what my wife pointed out to me was that they're very like negative about things so like talking of, badly about the athletes yeah like saying what they did wrong more than like what they did right like, so you really shit the bed on those <laughs> yeah. hurdles can you explain to me what you was going through your mind you idiot yeah 
I mean, it must be still sour about the whole 1776 well, <laughs> yeah. War of 1812. You have to also understand. Sour grapes. I mean, they didn't have a lot of highlights. Like Whiteman, Whiteman. was the uh, like the best. No, uh, Muir. They had a they had some solid athletes out there. I think they did do okay, but let's be honest. I mean, we meddled. Like, yeah. stripes we dominated. meddled the most. Yeah. in history, right? Didn't isn't that what they said? Oh yeah. I Until mean, you get like, I don't know. The, the, also, I felt like Ethiopia really kicked some butt. I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast or not. I don't really remember the last podcast because we were very tired. But how great were the USA chants? Uh, pretty amazing. Because you know why? It feels good. Like you see so much divisiveness. I know. It felt like we and were all like, one. Hey, guess what? Yeah. When it comes to track and field, being angry at the rest of the world, <laughs> we'll come together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should have started a national anthem. Yeah. By the way, the British national anthem, they were doing it because somebody won. And I thought they were doing ours. We really did rip that sucker off. Really? Like, oh, my God. It's like a direct rip. Francis beat, Scott Key really did that? The, the music should just be like, it should have been the remake. <laughs> be like the remix. Is it really that close? I mean, I'll have to listen look to it, it. Listen, look it up because I was listening to it. I was like, wow. Like, it's like, I guess there wasn't a lot of harpsichord, you know, conduct, you know, going on back then. But So when I was younger, me and my friends, when we were just out drunk, at night, we would just start singing the Star Spangled Banner, and people would get like really into it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought you were like throwing shit at you. No, no. You, okay. it's shock. If you do it, you'd be surprised how many people were like into it. Like the O can say, can mm -hmm. you see? So one time, speaking of subway, we were in New York City, three, you know, two or three in the morning, packed subway cars. We started doing it, and <laughs> we started doing it, and people were like real into it, and. This is seriously one of the best moments of my life. An opera singer? No. Okay. It right when we end it, like Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, boom, doors open. Like it was perfect timing, and we're everyone was just like USA. Like the whole subway, like the platform, the people in the car. It was crazy because everyone's drunk and just feeling okay. excited. This is in the mid two thousands, so it was a little more. What What do you say we we try to recreate this in Boston when we're there? They love it, a good American thing. I'm not against it. I'll do it. I don't mind singing in front of people, if if I'm, especially if I'm drunk. Dude, do I look like <laughs> someone who gets embarrassed? <laughs> no. We did karaoke. Yeah. yeah. That was a good time. Or we should I, do that again. I know. I got to have better song choices. Yeah. Like, you did good songs because like, I found myself singing along to yours. Everybody just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, Big Country was good, but nobody knew it. Yeah. No comments. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, we'll get sauced up and sing some songs. So Britain, actually, that would be good content for our Boston trip with all nine of us and kind of like a team bonding. We should find a karaoke bar and get hammered oh, in Boston. Yeah, that's and a great idea. Get some footage and and do and add that to our training log. Train, yeah, <laughs> I would be into that. So Great Britain did not do that well, and oh. yeah. so they they had one gold, one silver, five bronzes. Hey. I mean, I guess it's not That's bad, not but so this, bad. it's like twelfth in the medal count. Mm. I mean, I really want you to listen to the national anthem. Like, you're a musician. I'll, you'll, I'll, you'll check it out. I'll listen to both, and I'll listen to the Radiohead. All right, all right. national anthem. Okay. Did you? I don't know what you're talking about. That's did, just, just remember they did the the Radiohead did it. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you? Not. Are you done with the world? Uh. 
Am I done with? Yeah, I'm done. We can move on. All right. Let's talk about the race that should be set up right now. Camille Heron versus Ashley Polson in an ultra event. Yeah, I think it needs to go down. I do too. I think that there's some beef that needs to be settled. Well, here's the thing. Wait, was she competing at Badwater? No, No, but she she chimed in. She she chirped, and it it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back in the whole marathon investigation thing that turned out to be. So for people that don't know what we're talking yeah, about, Badwater 135 happened a few weeks ago. Uh, Ashley Paulson won. Not, not only won, broke the women's record and came in third overall. And so people were pretty skeptical. She's an iFit trainer, but she's done a lot of ultras. But I think the ultra community isn't used to seeing her name. And so she, they were kind of like, where'd she come from? She also, I mean, she doesn't fit well. Ultra people are weird anyway. She has an eye fit. But she's, yeah, she has an eye fit in. Um, the, I mean, she's, I think she had pink hair. and She does have pink yeah, hair. Yeah, and was like, she's like bubbly and energetic. and We've had her on the podcast. Yeah. She's very fun. Right. She's, and I think that she doesn't look like a hardcore. I don't know if the looks thing matters. Do you think? I, there's I, another ultra runner who looks crazy like that i forget her name but she's pretty no i know you accept it yeah but i th- i think that she it's also like she had a smile on her face the whole time yeah, like she's like making it look saying, easy like it, it and i think that also the time she had time on one section that like beats all the men's times <laughs> like it's like yeah but ahead. all that to say it got picked up by a marathon investigator investigation what's his name derek something derek something and um, he did an insane analysis on like every possible avenue, GPS data, timing mats, anything you could get. I mean, people were like, she had a doppelganger dressed like herself, like they, like people. Are you talking? Wait, are you talking about when he found her to be accurate, Bang? Yeah, yeah. But I think you go back to the the whole thing that I think is, if you're on Marathon Investigators at this point, he's done such a good job on that that I am automatically think if he posts skepticism about your race that you're guilty yeah so that's the thing that bothered me a little yeah. bit because he came back and said after he verified all the data and was like oh she's good he kind of was like oh well, was, i was just trying to figure out it's like when you throw it out there it automatically people are like definitely cheated and especially when camille heron was like here's this stats by the way the stats that camille heron sent over excluded some like names that were had done better so it wasn't like a fully accurate like table and so it was like so that alone was like not cool, not, not cool. So, anyways, yeah, he found her. She gave him her GPS files, mm-hmm. and she did have two. But she was like, my watch was going to die, which it did. It was like a Garmin only holds. If 20. you're running 135 miles, get, I might bring two watches. Get the Corvus Vertex. Um, well, that, she did. She did bring two watches. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm defending her. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but. So it only had 24 hours charged because you were using a heart rate monitor too. And that wears the battery out. So she had to change it out. But all the data was like verifiably correct. Well, and it's it was kind of like the perfect storm because she has been banned in the past from triathlon for a banned substance that she took accidentally. It was in one of the like, uh, I the don't know. Straws. No, no, no. <laughs> so that actually, because yeah, I, to explain that more because I was reading up on that. They... It was a banned substance that she tested positive for, but she was like, it must have come from my supplements. Yeah. So she gave them four unopened bottles, which they tested, and we're like, yeah, it's in all those unopened bottles. Because the factories overseas, 
they do all the shit together you know it's like they use the same fats for all the things so it's easy it's a fairly common they have contamination yeah and yeah that's why you have to have like the stuff that's got the stamp of approval mm-hmm. there's like three different labels i think yeah so that seemed to be you know pretty fair but if you have that it doesn't matter if you're innocent or not people are gonna think right yeah it's it's a dark cloud but that's how that's the problem i have with the first marathon investigators report is that that puts the doubt in people's head now for sure time that she does anything there's an asterisk by her name yeah for Mm -hmm. sure and i almost feel like you know i know camille is an advocate for the sport and she tries to be an advocate for women we saw her whole thing for the western states and I, I, but I do feel like, okay, let's line these two up against each other. <laughs> we should do more battle royales and running. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess it's like Nike versus everyone else. Well, <laughs> pretty much. It already happens. No, but I'm, we could do athletes. Like, we could pick, like, Jim Walmsley against. I don't think he talks shit on anyone, though. We need to find No, 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 but we shit. could just set, set them up. It's yeah. like, Okay, these are the two that are going against each other, and we pick the course. You Dude, know, let's do Steve Bangus versus Alberto Salazar right now. That's good. Alberto's like, that's what I mean right yeah. now. Okay, I think Steve Bangus could take him now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because there that there's this sort of feud or whatever, the hostility among these ultra women because we've been talking to all these professional athletes and especially the American women in the marathon and the distance athletes and. They attribute some of their success to because all of these women are so supportive of each other. And like you don't see it on the men's side as much as you see it on the women's side. Like yeah. a male You're marath- talking about the marathon. Yeah. Yeah. The male marathoners, you just you don't see that camaraderie or the supportiveness like you do with the women. So it was kind of interesting that we saw this with Camille and Ashley. It is true. You don't see like the male ma- marathoners all getting together and be like, hey, let's train for Boston and see if we can put together a, a really good showing i guess if you're part of a training group though like some of those but tin man, you, things like that yeah but the, the tin man's not i mean they say they're elite but there's like who in there is a, a and it would be for different distances who in there is elite for marathon yeah i mean the roots roots running has some pretty solid solid squad there that finishes top 10 on most, most stuff. i think we need like a boss like a boss group for for dudes well they got scott now maybe they'll get some more guys no but i'm saying like uh like regardless of what brand you're running for regardless of whatever let's just take the best guys in the marathon distance put them together create content around them create fans around them and then watch them race all right let's start why don't we do do it it. team believe i like it can i bring can i bring up the real quick the secret can i say the secret trail race this past week person who ran secretly under a pseudonym? Oh, uh, yeah, why not? It's out there now. Miss Shapiro? It's obviously not too secret. Molly Shapiro ran and came in, I think, eighth in a in a, a UTMB series trail race this past week. And if you don't know who Molly Shapiro is, she's a Puma-sponsored athlete who loves puppies. It may have won Corgis. bronze in the Olympics. Yeah. Which is wild. She ran, uh, yeah, I think she came, so she came in eighth place at, it's called the Speed Goat by UTMB. Do you know what's weird about this, though, Robbie? What? She didn't do the world's championship marathon, supposedly because she was injured. 
Yeah. Well, she's working her way back, I think. Yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, yeah, I'm not sure because this was this race was a well, it wasn't I don't think it was quite mar- no, it was 28k. So what is that? 16 miles, something like that. Um, so Still over mountains. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the elevation was. Uh, I mean, yeah, mountain race. Like it has to be substantial. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're uh, trying to recover and get back to the marathon, it just seems like a strange choice to do the same weekend that you would have been running the world. I mean, maybe you just wanted to get out and get her mind right. I love the I love the trail take on it though. That's cool, and it could have just been like a training. You know, obviously, right. I feel like she could have won that race if she would have or placed top three. If she I demand that Molly come back on the show and explain. Yeah, Molly, get on here. Tell us what it's like to trail run as an Olympic bronze medalist. Oh yeah, yeah, and what shoe you wore. Oh, good okay. questions. I wonder because Puma isn't known for the trail shoes. They don't have one that I would run in right now. Mm, Like we got that one that was like the Gore-Tex that weighed like 15 ounces. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna say 15 pounds. Well, (laughs) same thing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, It was a very heavy shoe. All right. Anything? Well, I guess real quick, the shoe talk. Yeah, let's do our shoe talk because we have a shoe that I think you're gonna hear a lot about. I'm already starting to see some people getting it overseas. And starting to talk about it, and our full review will be out uh, either today or well, we published it'll the, be out by the time this podcast. We published the Bondi Eight today, so I was maybe going to publish it tomorrow morning. All right, space things out. It'll tomorrow be out by morning. the time this podcast. Oh. Yeah, comes yeah. Out sorry, before this <laughs> it's, podcast it's, comes out. <laughs> yeah, so just listen to Meg. <laughs> I have to say, of this shoe right here, you haven't even said what it is. The Nova Blast Three by what company? A six. <laughs> Of all the shoes that I've had this year, I put more miles on this shoe than any other shoe. Wait, really? Yeah. We, we wore it every day in Eugene. How I many ha- miles do you think you have on it? 250. No way. You have 250 miles on that shoe. I have 260 in grit, and I got this before grit started. Did you, is that the only shoe you run in for grit? When we were in Eugene. All right. I layered on. This has some miles. In it. It's probably not 250. It's probably two, 200. Okay. But compared to our normal 20. That's yeah, 10 I mean, times as much. We should just jump to I mean, the... Yeah, at, look at the bottom. Uh, yeah, it looks like 200. I mean, yeah. you just get out my <laughs> his monocle. My specs. Yeah. Uh, I do want to get one of those jewelers microscopes or whatever. Those things that jeweler's jewelers eye? For what purpose? Uh, just to look at things really closely and see what's okay. what happening beneath... Just, just wanted surf. to clarify. <laughs> and an electric <laughs> microscope. Beneath the surface. <laughs> electric microscope. So the, the Nova Blast 3. Mm-hmm. I mean, the updates aren't crazy, but I think they're pretty great. Yeah. You basically get an extra millimeter of foam. It's now Flight Foam Blast Plus. So it's even lighter than the other one with more foam. Yeah. So the Nimbus 24 has Blast Plus. Yes. So does the Kyono. Yes. Yes. Glide Ride too, right? Yes. Yes. So is it fuel? Flight Foam Blast Plus for everyone. So when you talk about some of the other shoes that that you (laughs) talked about, they're usually combined with Flight Foam. So, like Nimbus, it has Flight Foam Blast with some Flight Foam. The uh, Obviously, the Glide Ride has, I don't even know, is it Flight Foam Blast on the bottom? Plus on the top, and then the plate, and then Flight Foam at the bottom. Is that Flight Foam on the bottom? Yeah. Okay, because it seems firmer than that. And then Kayano, the same thing. This is the only one that's like a block of Flight Foam Blast Plus. Yeah. That's the, that's the only one that just has Flight Foam Blast Plus? That I know of. I think so. Really? Yeah. Okay, you might be right. So the cushioning is phenomenal. I felt like you could use this for everything. 
I half when I knew that I wasn't going to be like going hardcore for the 5k, I thought about just wearing this for the 5k. Um, it just feels great underfoot and yeah, it I mean, rolls. It's just one of those shoes that's so versatile. Like you're, it's great for daily training. It's good for recovery days. Like you said, you can pick it up in this shoe. So it's pretty, I mean, I really like it. Yeah. I can think of a shoe. Like if I had one shoe that I had to wear, this is it. Yeah. This pro this, this one goes down. You know how we have some shoes that we get emotionally attached to and we like kind of base all of the shoes off of mm -hmm. for you. Can you guess which one I'm thinking of? Uh, the Nike Epic React. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. This one has that kind of feeling to me where I'm like, they've, the only thing they can do from here is ruin this shoe. Man, which probably will happen. <laughs> Everyone ruins it. I don't know. We saw the new colorways, though, and they're good. Yeah. And the other thing I don't understand is, like, people who are, like, loved the first version and didn't like the second version. Obviously, we were on the side where we you liked the first version and the second version. Robbie and I couldn't really run well in the first version, and so we really liked the second version. Mm-hmm. To me, I think this is going to bring all those people together. And if you like the first version, you're going to like this because it's bouncy, it's responsive, it has that has that nice, light, bouncy feel. Yeah. And then it is stable. I like yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, I haven't even tried it yet, so we'll see. I keep maybe, forgetting Maybe you I never will. I think You'll you will. You'll get a pair. All right. We yeah. know a guy. I, I, honestly, <laughs> Robbie, you know how normally I'm like, okay, thank you for the one pair. I'll test it, and then it goes on the shelf for mm -hmm. the next time that... We have the next version. Yeah, I would totally keep running. Like if they sent if they sent me another pair, I would like to. I I would keep running it. Okay. So we we could do maybe that would be good because we could do a follow up when you get it and see if Robbie likes it as much as we do. Well, I think we need to do two hundred mile review. Boom, just get it done for sure. It's also only one hundred and forty dollars. And oh, wait a second. So I just wrote my review. Would that be the two hundred? No, for the video you for oh, a YouTube okay. review. All right. We could do that. Um, and it comes out September 1st. How many miles do you think you have in your pair? Mm, 100, 150. We need, I need to put that in a written review. That's a big deal. Okay. But yeah, I absolutely adore this shoe. 10 out of 10 stars. I caught him sleeping with it over, oh. over the last week. You might. I caught, you're going to see in the video, I got you guys sleeping a lot. <laughs> I don't sleep on the plane, so it's always my favorite thing when I see your favorite thing. the other people sleeping because i wish i could sleep and uh i look over and like you guys like robbie was, he was his little mustache was twitching but <laughs> he was having a nice dream dude crazy dreams if you plane naps could be good i don't want to be the person who brings a pillow on but sometimes i'm thinking you can't do that neck pillow thing I don't want to be that. I just don't. I don't know. It's weird. Wait, you'll bring a full pillow, but you'll you won't bring a neck no, I, pillow. No, I don't want to bring any pillow, oh. but I think about it. And what if you hit it in your bag and then you just whip it out when yeah. you're ready to knot off? I'm just thinking there needs to be an invention where you come up with a pillow that's really tiny, like kind of like Wonka Vision, but in reverse, where there's a tiny pillow that gets. How about this? Your shirt has a collar, and you pull it, and it inflates. Yeah, that actually that is a good idea. And then you can just de twist the nozzle; it deflates and goes back Dude, to a regular shirt. I would do that. When we All were, right, we got to do so far. We're doing inflatable neck shirt, and then what was the oh toilet paper <laughs> trail shirt? Yeah, we got two shirts. We got a new clothing line. Dude, I'm I'm there for that. 
because I feel like a plane nap could be at the level of mid- middle of class and high school nap, which is one of the best naps out there. Put the head on the desk out for like 30 minutes. Especially if the, like when it's like your school doesn't have air conditioning, but the desk is real cool. Oh, yeah. And then you wake up and there's a little pool. Yep. <laughs> I've been there. I'm drooling. Yeah. Right after lunch when that, that like carb nap hits you or whatever. Yeah. Smell the Ticonderoga pencils. <laughs> oh, man. I miss that. I really do. Was, can't get those naps back. Anyways, maybe actually, we'll just go to school just, again. They just did a study that those na- that napping actually uh, puts you at a higher risk for, like, a stroke or something. Let me guess. Who, that was in runner's world. Yeah. Who wrote that? What's the what's the PMID on that dumb, one? This is dumbest I think it was ever. on the Today Show. Definitely. That's just because people eat a lot of McDonald's and take naps right after. Yeah. That's what happens. It's a correlation. <laughs> They're like, oh, weird, you have a heart condition because you eat McDonald's and take a meat nap. I, th- I don't know. They're telling us we should sleep during the night. All right. Anyways, so let's move on to today's guest. Yeah, today's guest is... Well, guys... This is our this 100th, is our 100th episode. episode. Oh, we didn't even We didn't even celebrate... Dude, hit all the buns. Just do it. Get out of your system. Hit the other ones, too. Just do yeah, it. I like the two. It's our two, uh, 200th? 100th. 100th episode. <laughs> all right. Beautiful. And today, our special guest is Kira D'Amato, her third time on the show. But before we go there, I got each of you a guest to cel- uh, gift to celebrate our 100th episode. All right. You can each have one of my <laughs> Nova Blast threes. I'll just yeah, throw it wow. right in your face. So I recommend. I'll sign it that. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe we made. It. How did we not mention that in the intro? We're dumb. We can start over. No, this uh, is already right. so long. Anyways, let's just hear what Kara has to say. First check-in, thanks for being here on our 100th episode. I don't know if you know that already because we kind of wait till the end to tell everybody. But anyway, thanks for being here for the 100th. And I want to talk about something since you heard Robbie getting into his head a little bit about his injury. This stuff happens. It's part of running. It's part of the thing that you got to deal with. Just don't let yourself, like I call it going uphill thinking. When I'm running uphill, running sucks. So I start thinking about how much running sucks. And then when I go downhill, I forget about that and I just get back into my head. So don't make decisions when you're going uphill. Make the decisions when you're on flat or downhills. Sometimes downhills might be silly too because then you'll do something stupid like sign up for three marathons in the fall like we do. But anyway, that's it for the first check-in. Talk to you soon. Tell me that this is for the 100th episode. It's for the 100th episode. Yay. You guys are turning 100. I thought this it's is amazing. what you do. Yeah. I was wondering where your guys' costumes were or yeah. outfits. Well, I'm or already maybe this is just there. how I dress. Yeah, I'm almost sorry. I there. feel so underdressed now and I'm mm. very sad that I did not get this memo. I really bring it, man. You guys said 100, turning 100, and I want to be right there with you. And for those of you who can't, 
see Kira right now. She is, uh, I would say the closest thing is the church lady uh, with a <laughs> party hat on. <laughs> I'm also raised in the, the roof. But. I forget what the church lady used to say on Saturday Night Live. Isn't that special or something like that? Yeah. Isn't that special? There we go. I, um, I'm really excited about this look. I actually think this is a pretty good look for me. I think it would be good. You could go undercover to marathons and then people would like ignore you and be like, whatever. So you could get ready and you don't have to sign all the autographs and deal with all the people telling you how great you are. And then you just, you know, throw down, drop the, uh, the moo moo. Actually, this is a Nike shirt and it's awesome. I'm like really excited about this shirt right now, but I was like, this can also go with, uh, Go with the do. But yeah, happy 100th episode. I am beyond thrilled that you guys invited me on for this. It makes me feel like I'm doing something right if you guys wanted to share this moment with me. And I'm here for it. I'm ready to party. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, we always have fun when you're on. And when we see you in person, it's even better. So, I mean, it kind of feels like one reason we wanted you on for the 100th is I feel like we've gone on a journey together. Like when we first talked to you, you are a nobody. <laughs> That's the truth, man. And we've shared like a lot through this journey. And I've really confided in you guys to help me through this journey. So thank yeah. you guys. Look where look where I ended up, man. It's a pretty good spot. And of course, I'm joking that you're a nobody. Obviously, you know, at, at, we we were starting to talk to you when you were going after breaking the 10. Was it before you did What's Up, Dog? Yep, it was. So it was even before the 10 mile. I mean, you just continue to crush. It just is so much fun to cheer for you because every time you decide to do something, you end up winning. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, put it, I put my all into it, that's for sure. I don't win them all, but like I definitely am there to race. You know, I'm there to show up and put it all out there for sure. Yeah. We never even introduced you because we got so excited that you were dressed up like this for our 100th well, episode. I waited so. to turn my camera on and tell you recording to get the authentic reaction. So I wanted to make sure we recorded like how kind of appalled you were that I wore this to your show. No, that was that was pure excitement. And I can't believe you dressed up for us and amazement. So, but yeah, it we turns are... out I did not own this wig until this morning. And I was like, well, if I really want to pull off this look, I'm going to really have to commit. I did have like the pearls and then the party hat, but the wig is a fresh off the uh, off press. The, yeah. Where do, where do you get your wigs? <laughs> I went to Party City. All right. So I had to go there. My daughter's turning six this weekend. So I had to go there anyway. So I made a double trip. But. Wow. Six years old. And that's your youngest, right? Or is it- that's my youngest yeah. now? I can't believe it because I started running right after, or maybe like a couple months after she was born. So it's just it's funny. Like every year she ages or she has a birthday, I just feel like that's another year of my running journey too. Like and so I've been like her whole life. She's seen she knows nothing but like Kira, the running mom. But it's funny to me that you know for the eight years before she was born, it wasn't doing Jack, but that's okay. You know, it's so funny you said the running mom. I was going back to listen to some of the episodes. We've, we've This is not your third time on the show, which is super fun for us. But so we've talked before and I wanted to go back and like sort of see what we chatted about previously. And I was just searching for Kira D'Amato in Spotify. And like from 2019 to maybe 2021, it was always like the running realtor or the running mom or like there was always something else along with running is 
do you does that make you happy that you have those extra titles or are you kind of like I don't like they're separate I honestly don't know how I feel about this and I've gone back and forth because for me like the best job I've ever had in my whole life and the thing that I feel the most proud about are my kids so like becoming a mom changed my life for the better and I wouldn't be here as a runner had I not become a mother. So it's part of who I am and it defines me and I'm so proud to be a mom. But it started, so at first like the headlines, like Midlothian mom, this realtor mom, like at first I took a lot of power from that being like, yeah, like moms like kick butt, like we can do it all. But then it started feeling, I don't know, it started changing a little bit from me when I started competing at like a really high level that I almost felt like it was taking away, like it was good for a mom, you mm, know? An and then trick. I started, it felt like, I don't want to say sexist cause I feel like I'm making it a little more dramatic, but like I never see men fathers described that way in headlines at my level too. So it's funny because like, I'm so proud and that's such a part of me and part of my identity. But at the same time, I don't know. I do feel a little indifferent about it now. And even like the realtor thing, like, I mean, who do you think came up with the running realtor <laughs> brand? Like me, because I wanted to like be able to connect and people know that, you know, I'm a runner, but also like I'm a realtor and it helped, you know, shamelessly marketing myself as a realtor in Richmond that really helped define. Um, and I am still a realtor. So it's all true, but it's just, it's funny because I don't know. I guess sometimes I feel like they add it in the headline and it takes a little bit away from the accomplishment. But I also, it is a part of me. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a realtor, and I'm a runner. So I don't know. I feel a little indifferent about it, I guess is a long way to answer that. I mean, my take is it doesn't take away from you. I could see where you could say it's like a, a side note or an asterisk on, on it. But I think it's more like, holy cow, here's a person who can operate at the highest level be a world competitor and also has a life. And I think that's why, like for me, everyone's very different, but I think for me, that's why I've been able to operate at a high level is because of like the life outside of running. It like very quickly, like walking in the door, like from anything, like walking in from world champs, like feeling like, you know, proud that I was eighth in the world, like very quickly, that's all a race and I'm just mom, which I think helps me just keep everything in perspective. Like it helps me keep the pressure off. Like for me, the anxiety's off when I'm not talking about running all the time. And I'm really happy, you know? So it's like, I feel like I go to worlds and I have this like ultra ego, you know, that I'm like out there being cure the runner. And then I come home and I'm myself with my family surrounded by people that I love more than anything else in the world. So I think that's helped me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you're saying yourself at worlds when Tony was there and he's in the stands doing his wrestling moves, snap into a slim gym. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like you gotta, you bring in the fam with you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Tony D lived his best life at world championships. I think like, I can't tell you how many people sent me pictures of him and like, he had all these pictures with all these, like just really cool people that like, he just kept sending me. Cause I mean, I got there out there on a Thursday and I raced on Monday and I stayed in lockdown mode. So I was like in my room, catching up on whatever the TV was doing some work and stuff, just relaxing, putting my feet up. And Tony D is out there on the streets, just like living it up. 
And, um, and it's cool because for me, like I love connecting with the running community, but when I'm like, have a job to do, I'm like real serious about it. And I really lock down. So it's kind of fun that like part of me can be out there partying and connecting with people and chatting with people and like living it up. Um, so I think we make a good team. I think we both have like, you know, our jobs to do. Yeah. He's certainly entertaining. I was actually thinking if Worlds comes back, he could be legend next time, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he really could. And also, he has encouraged me to apologize to you, Thomas, because there's like a reel that you put up that he's like, you didn't even let him speak. Like he asked you a question <laughs> and you kept talking over him and kept talking about whatever you wanted to talk with. Kira, if someone's talking to you, stop talking, listen, and then respond. And this, so I, I apologize no, I gotta, for that reel. He's got to stop. He's got to stop trying to take control because that was perfect. <laughs> I had never, the things that you were saying were the best things uh, ever. So, uh, you know, it's funny if marathons were 25 yards, I could keep up with you. But <laughs> okay, out there a little longer. We need to rewind that. I swear you were running next to me for like a quarter mile. Like that's what it felt like in my brain is you were there with a GoPro step ahead of me for like 400 meters along the course. I have no idea how you were running that fast with looking like like you were like kind of like an ostrich. Yeah. You know how like ostriches <laughs> can run real fast and they're not even looking where they're going. That was you. And I'm like, how is he still with me? Yeah. He's running faster than me right now. Like we need a tag team and get him in for me. Like if I could take a little break on the side right now and you like take the I'll time, borrow that'd that be wig. awesome. But uh I I don't think it was <laughs> four hundred meters. Uh I will I will say like next time I'll have to do my Garmin when we go, but I I think it's probably closer to maybe twenty five yards. It felt like forever, and I was like, oh, he's feeling so much better than I am right now. And you were cheering, too. Like, you were doing a lot at the same well, time, so which excited. really, like, inspired Like, me. when I see you guys, <laughs> especially, you know, I feel, um, I don't know, invested in our women's marathon team. So, like, we, we sit, we've talked to him, and we've talked, we've sat and had conversations with you. And when I see you guys out there doing your thing, it's, like, the most beautiful thing in the world, for starters. Like... I don't know if you watched any of the slow-mo uh, video from the stuff that we captured. Like, you guys look amazing. Yeah, you also make it look entirely too easy. Like, I feel like we need to have, like, the, the real average person running next to you guys to really understand that you are flying in these videos because you make it look effortless. Yeah. And it's just... It's just That's awesome. Um, I, the videos you got of our flying V, of us stomping around... Oh man, I get the chills watching that. That was cool. Like we were really stomping it out. It was cool. Well, someone said it looked like um, a, a simulation because you guys were landing in such sync and the feet were in like exact same touchdown, like everything. And it was like, it really was a thing of beauty. So for us, we were running along. So what we were doing was we were running back and forth between the pinch points of the marathon to capture you guys. So when we saw you, we're already adrenaline is like pumping. We're going, we see you. And I've got like, Oh, I've got an opportunity to get them on the GoPro, uh, as they go by. It's really exciting. Now for you, is it annoying? Cause I know that there was like a whole bunch of people, like there was people on bikes, there's stuff like that. There's a group of men that were like running along with you guys. And I, I was like, is that annoying when you have a group of dudes who are like, Look, we're just we're not amateur guys, but we're going to run along the women's course with them. I thought it was so cool. It was like 
I think we need to allow that at all like major marathons. That was, it was electric. And like, when you look over, like people are really sprinting, you know, like there was one guy that ran with us, with us for a while, but his <laughs> arms were like full on like Robotron pumping to like yeah. run that. And it like, and then all the bikes, like I kind of wished I was on a bike, especially that third loop, but it was really cool to see people like get up and rally. And then when people were running back and forth, it just felt like double the spectators out there, which made me feel like more loved and supported and encouraged. And then to be running on the, like being the home team of worlds, that was unreal because people from all over the US could come out and people from different walks of my life or other people that lived in Richmond or Virginia or felt like some sort of connection to Sarah M and I were out there cheering. And it just like, oh my gosh, I felt so much love and I got so much energy from that despite like <laughs> the way like the third loop went for me. Like I was just feeling like really a lot of encouragement for that. So I love it. I really appreciate when people come out like bring the cowbells and like make some noise because it was cool. And really like coming down that final straight, like 200 to go, which like I see the 200 meter to go and I'm like, I don't know if I'm <laughs> going to make it. You know, like that's the kind of state I was in. I was like, I see the finish line. I don't know if I can run that far right now, but I was like, I'm going to keep going one step further. But I wanted to like celebrate and wave to everyone, but I was so worried about the Japanese woman behind me that she was going to pass me. So I was like, you can celebrate when you finish in eighth place. So just, you know, keep going, keep finishing. But, and actually Megan, back to your point real quick of how having like an average person like in the race. So right before the week of worlds, like the Carlstrom's, my maiden name had a big family reunion with like 50 to like a hundred some like Carlstrom's. There's a Carlstrom. There's a lot of us Carlstrom's, but we were supposed to go and I had to like pull out because of worlds. Cause I needed to stay like and train, but they staged like a Cura 100 where everyone at the family reunion tried to run a hundred meters at my marathon pace and so they just did it on the road, they marked it off, and they FaceTimed me. And like, it was awesome to see because like everyone was sprinting as hard as they could. Maybe half the people actually did it. And the people that did do it were like over fences being like, how does she do this? I'm never doing this again. Like, this is terrible. So that was like really validating for me to see my family just appreciate that. And it's really cool too, because this family also, like the reunions are like awesome. And one night is a talent show. And so every other year of my life, I'd go to this reunion and I never had like a talent because I'm not a singer, I'm not a dancer, I can't do puppet shows. Like my stand-up comedy is like weak at best. So I never like, was in it but then for them to have the event to acknowledge my talent is running yeah. like was really really cool that's very amazing. sweet shout out to the carl i'll tell you there. one thing that did give me the chills uh when we were out there chasing you down was uh the usa chance i'm gonna tear uh, why did that make me cry i like, think because the the country's oh, so yeah <laughs> divided right now that when we all come together over like a team event like that and you heard the usa usa and you know, it was pride in our country, which I feel like, you know, maybe there's no other way other than sport right now for us to feel true pride in what's going on and to see our team working together. And it was funny because we got a chance to talk to um, Sarah and Emma before the event. And, you know, I had asked Sarah, I said, because she's kind of like a lone wolf a little bit. And I said, if you get a chance to work with the other two, uh, you know, marathoners, is that something you'd be interested in? And she said, yeah, I think actually 
that'd be really good if we could all work together and to see you guys so many times i guess it wasn't until the last loop where there was a little bit of separation and honestly i I didn't know what happened because the last time i saw you you were in front of emma and so emma rallied and you know we got a chance to ask emma a question after the marathon which was what happened like what happened between you know that time she goes "I, i realized that we were in our country i wouldn't get this chance again and uh, I wasn't going to just lay down. I was going to give it everything I had. So like the whole thing, like uh, th- just I feel like we needed it's it's weird. I wish I could spread what was going on there for the USA stuff to the rest of the country. If you know, because I don't know if they uh, got a hold of it, but it was fun to just see all of us come together and cheer for you guys. That was awesome. Like, and I remember one time when we're coming up, I think we were finishing the first loop. So we're coming up and there's like a little hill and that's where all the bikers were. I heard so clearly the person that started the USA chant. So there was one dude that was like, USA. And like, he said it once and then the whole crowd caught on next time. And there was dozens of people there like riding or running alongside of us chanting that. And like, Oh, man, that was really, really cool. And Sarah did, like, on the way, like, I was thinking about it before the race, like, should I approach them and say, like, hey, are we going to work together? But I'm like, you know what, I don't, I'm so new (laughs) to this marathon, like, this world marathon that I don't want to, like, come in and, like, mess up people's plans that probably are better suited for a marathon. But on the way to the starting line, Sarah took Emma and I aside. I was like, hey, like, you know, I know everyone has their own race strategy, but would you guys want to work together? And like Emma and I are like, yeah, yeah, we that definitely want to cool work life. together. And then like they put me on the front line and I took off. So they're probably like, way to go, Kira, <laughs> like way to work with us. But I, I found my way back. I found my way back to where yeah. I was supposed to I be. I mean, it was so cool. I I know we've already like dove quite a bit into worlds in the actual marathon race, but I feel like we have to talk about before the race because you weren't planning on running. Like you found out how long beforehand? What like what was that call like? What was going through your head? Well, well even before that, you would you had tried to get in through other events because the marathon was taken. So, what other events had you had yeah. you tried to qualify for, and it just didn't work out? Well, even like going back, like after Chicago last year, I ran Chicago like kind of similar to how I did Worlds as like my like a marathon at the beginning of a marathon training block, um, which is not ideal. And you find out (laughs) real hard the last 10 miles that it's not ideal to start your marathon block with a marathon. But um, I finished Chicago and then I think it was after maybe London or one of those races, they announced the selection criteria. And so the only world marathon major left was New York. And I was like, well, do I jump in New York? Because right now I'm ranked fourth according to their criteria. I should probably jump in. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to force this. The selection window was open through May for the marathon. So I was like, why don't I do Houston? I'll go set the American record there. (laughs) Easy. And then how would they leave me off the team, right? So I was training my butt off. And that was like a lot of the carrot. You know, the American record obviously was huge. But that was kind of another reason why I really wanted to force a marathon in so quickly after Chicago. And the week leading into Houston... I'm like, I don't really taper too much, but I'm feeling great going into the race. And they announced the team like just days before I ran Houston. And that felt like a gut punch to me that I was like, oh, man, like, I wish they would have waited. Like, you know, 
I don't know. I just felt like, oh, man. But I was like, you know what? They put out their criteria. You know, it, they went by criteria. So I guess I'm fourth. Like, but I'm like, I'm going to go in and set the American record, you know? <laughs> like, so that even fueled me even more. And then so after that race, I was like, well, if the marathon's not an option, why don't I make it in the 10K? Like, I want to compete at Worlds this summer. Like, I, like, part of this comeback journey, like, I want to see how fast I can run. And I want to represent the U.S. on a world stage. So... Um, so I was like, okay, well, we'll go to the track. What's the next likely distance 10 K. And I did one 10 K race on the track. And like, I am, oh man, I was like so nervous and like, it, like, it sucked. <laughs> like every lap I was like, this feels like how many laps is 25 miles. It felt like a marathon. Like every lap felt like a mile. Like, and I was like, this is not, this was not fun. And, uh, my coach is like, well, give it time. We can, and I was like, no, like this journey for me, like is about fun. Like, let's take it to the roads, man. I'm done with this track stuff. So he's like, you're the, you know, you're the boss. That's fine. Like this spring was all going to be about like 10 Ks and some shorter event. And I could do it on the track or I could do it on the roads to kind of build up for a fall marathon. So I was like, let's just take it to the roads. And he's like, yeah, that's works. We can do that. So we leaned into more of like the road racing this spring doing some, I think I did a 5k and a 6k a couple 10ks uh 25k which was at the beginning again so that was again a little premature for like a long hard effort but um so i just had a lot of fun this spring just working on speed and trying to get faster so then when i go into marathon training which was supposed to be the week of worlds ironically <laughs> um like i would have that speed to pull from so going out at 5 10 5 15 is going to feel a lot better when i can run in the 450s for a 10k so do you feel like if you had had the opportunity to actually train for for this race specifically you'd have a different outcome or do you feel like you gave it that that this was everything you had if i trained differently i think i would have done better and actually the thing that caught up to me the most during the race is like i went out and the pace felt really relaxed but i'm looking down it's like 508 <laughs> 509 and then i'm like okay i'm not in world record shape right now like i'm barely like in marathon shape so but i thought if it went out in like 515 i would feel really relaxed at that so i was prepared just to go so I thought, and personally, I thought that it was going to be more tactical than even like an aggressive pace. But like in my head, I'm like, if it's tactical, great. I'm in 10K shape. If it's like 515 pace, like I can run that pretty comfortably right now too. So I really thought I'd be prepared for anything. And then it went out even faster than that, um, which, which surprised me a little bit. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. But I'm sorry, what was the question I got off track? Uh... <laughs> well, that second question was if, if you felt like if you had chance to really train for it because i i feel like you know you kind of yeah you're one of those people that seems always ready but it, you didn't train specifically so i think you answered the question basically yeah no but oh but the thing that caught up to me the most is i wasn't able to take in the fuel because i hadn't been practicing mm -hmm. fueling so like i usually take three to four gels and then all of my waters from like the elite water bottle stops plus every water stop and like in the second loop my body started uh, rejecting anything what gels do you use it. so i think that actually caught up to me the most is that i was like under fueling during the run so that caused like kind of a bigger bonk but um i think if i would have trained differently and trained to do a marathon instead of 
you know, the stuff I was doing, like, I really think I can run with anyone in the world and call that like a false confidence or like whatever you want. But like, even that day, I was like, I can run with anyone in the world. That's why I went out to run with anyone in the world. And I'm going to keep racing like that and keep thinking that and putting myself out to win these races. Cause like, maybe I finish eighth, but maybe I win it sometime. And that'd what, be cool. what fuel are you using <laughs> on the course? Okay, I use yeah. Morton. All right. And then so, and I've never had an issue with it, but I think like going into a marathon, I usually practice yeah. it and practice it and practice it. So I just think my stomach wasn't ready to take anything. And in. then additionally, we noticed your footwear. Oh yeah. We can't, we can't not talk about the <laughs> shoes. So you went with Alpha Fly one. Was that very strategic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was because I hadn't done any long tempos, so I haven't had time to do work in the Alpha Fly 2s yet. So they sent me them like in the middle of my track season, but I wasn't going to start. I wasn't doing any long tempos, so I didn't need them. And then they sent me like the world colorway and I just reached back out. I'm like, I haven't worked out in these yet, so I'm not going to run in them. So going into like the fall, I'll start incorporating them and then I'll, you know, see how I how I like them and everything. But um, I was part of like the tester program where I tried them out and I really, really liked them a lot more than the one. So we'll see once I get some like work in them. Um, but they were really like understanding. I was like, I haven't done anything. They're like your safety and comfort and, you know, comfortability or whatever is most important. So run whatever you feel comfortable in. Second check-in, still 100th episode. We're still excited about it. I tend to think back to times where I've had setbacks in my running where either I felt like I couldn't hit paces or just running was hard and I had to take breaks. And I start thinking it's the end of my career. I might have to hang up my shoes. I just don't have it anymore. Felt like that a few months ago. And then somehow I just got through it. One of the ways I got through it is I found out maybe my iron was a little bit low. And it's weird because when I test for iron, it always says that I'm in a good spot, but it's on a range. So for me, even being in a good spot, if it's a little low on that, I need to jump it up. So I took some iron, came back, and all of a sudden my disposition changed and I was able to finish runs feeling pretty good. So maybe check out what's going on if you're feeling a little discouraged. We sort of just glanced over Houston, and I feel like we have to talk about that a little bit more because it's kind of a huge deal. Um, and I think I said to you in our last conversation, we'll chat after you hit the next American record, like because <laughs> you had just hit the 10 miler. And here we are. <laughs> and you've broken another American record. Um, tell us like about Houston. I know uh, going into it, you had that sort of like setback mentally, or maybe not a setback, maybe it worked in your favor, but like getting the news that you weren't going to be on the U.S. team and then towing the line in Houston, like how were you feeling going into that? I was feeling really good. Like I have never been so like mentally and physically fit in my life for anything. And probably like three or four weeks before the marathon, I did a workout and I was like, I know I'm in American record shape. And, but I was at like peace that I don't know if it's going to happen in January, but I know I can run. 
and like but also like i couldn't wrap my head around the american record so but i knew i could run eight five eighteen for 26.2 miles and so i felt like really eerily at peace though like so going in and starting on like standing on the starting line i just remember so vividly thinking like i can run 518 for 26.2 miles like i don't know if it's going to happen today or not if it happens today awesome but like if not like i'm in a good spot you know i'm happy like things are going well so that's okay too so it was a really like freeing like thought but then but i also like I knew if it was up to me and if it was in my control that day, there was nothing I wasn't going to do to get to run that. Um, So I was like, so maybe if like crazy weather comes through or something out of my control prevents me from hitting that, that, you know, that could happen. But if it's in my control, like I'm getting that. And, and I also like, I'd always like wanted everything to be like perfect. Um, you know, I wanted perfect weather for races and perfect this and feeling perfect and the perfect buildup and going into this one, I was like, you know, I just need good enough right now. Like I know, I think I'm even faster than what I did in January. It was really cold and really windy that day. So I felt like I had some wiggle room anyways. So I was like, I don't even need perfect. I just need good enough. So I woke up and the weather was like 30 degrees with like 10 plus mile an hour winds. I'm like, this is good enough. This is good enough. You know, I work out in good enough all the time and I do well. And starting out, like I didn't feel awesome, but I felt like good enough. So I feel like that kept the pressure off for me. Like I missed one water bottle and I'm like, that's fine. I usually (laughs) miss one water bottle, you know, that's good enough. I'm getting most of them in, you know? So, um, yeah. And I kind of like plan out my gels being that I'm probably going to drop one water bottle, you know? So, um, but that was cool. Like in that whole day, like it just felt surreal. Like I couldn't believe it actually happened. And like throughout like visual visualizing and training my like mind and body, like I knew I could get to the finish line, but I never let myself like dream past that. So like coming into like the finish line and seeing that I was going to hit that goal, I just couldn't believe that it was happening that day. And I just, it was just so surreal. Like I couldn't, And I didn't like plan out in my head, like how I would act or what I would do or like what would happen or like just moving past the finish line. So that all was like really confusing, actually. Like I was there for it and it was all awesome. But it was like, what just happened? Like I just couldn't wrap my head around it. But also like the women that have held the American record before me, along with women that have gone for the American record, like I really respect and idolize and like I don't see myself on that level. And I think that's why I had to rephrase like going for the record in a way that I knew I was capable because like, I just think they're just amazing people and I'm so different from that. So it was also just confusing. Like Dina Castor called and said, congratulations, like I'm officially passing the torch on to you. And that like was such like a powerful conversation, but I couldn't like, I couldn't wrap my head around any of it. It just felt like a dream, I guess. But, um, but that was a really, uh, it was a cool day and to share it with my family and have them like at the finish line and have Tony D <laughs> to come give me a hug too. It was, uh, it was pretty, it was funny because at like world championships, he's like, I was trying to jump the fence, but they, they wouldn't let me. And I'm like, you know, this is a world championship event. They're, the security is probably going to be a little stricter yeah. on that kind of thing. But, um, so yeah, but that was, uh, now, that was a really cool I, day. I want to talk a little bit about like your sunny disposition, like, I would say you seem like a person who is intrinsically happy. Like you're saying it's good enough. This is going to be, 
fine. I enjoy spending time with my family. I love my husband. You've got a lot of positivity around you. Is it something that you cultivate or do you feel like this is just, hey, you're fortunate and this is just how life is for for Kira D'Amato? I think I'm really fortunate and I feel really lucky. And like the set of cards that I've been dealt in my life, like I'm very like privileged. So I think that that like has really helped. But I think also just the way that I choose to look at things like I am not critical. Like I look on the bright side. I'm very optimistic. I'm a very trusting person. And like even like in the driving, someone (laughs) cuts me off and I'm just like, well, they're having a bad day. I'm staying out of their way, you know. So it's like I can kind of like. I've worked hard too to not take things personally, you know, and just when I don't know, even if someone says something mean or does something mean to me, I'm like, you know what, I think that's more a reflection of them because like I hold myself to really high standards. Like I like all my decisions and my actions, like I want to be proud of and be able to hold my head up high. So like I try to do the right thing and I feel like I'm a fair person. I'm an honest person and that like I feel really proud of that. So I think that that gives me like even more tools, I guess, to be positive. But I think also that like, I'm okay, like living with, with two feelings. So like on the starting line of the marathon, like I'm excited this could happen for me, but if it doesn't, I'm gonna be okay. You know, or like at Worlds, like I'm totally unprepared for this and that makes me nervous, but what an opportunity, I'm so excited. So like, I'm okay with, just holding on to two things. Like I remember when at the marathon project, I finished, I forget if it was seventh or eighth of the all time fastest US marathoners ever. And my first reaction is like, how am I on this list with all these amazing women? But the other half was like, (laughs) that's not good enough. We need to be, we need to go into number one, you know? And that's how I felt on like Monday with the race that like eighth, like, in the world like are you kidding me how did i end up here like how am i so lucky that i'm here but then also like well next time we got a medal you know so i think like part of it is to be able to like be comfortable holding on to those two things and then i also like i try to talk to myself like i talk to other people you know so like i'm kind to myself i forgive myself like i know i'm someone that need like i'm not perfect I need to learn. I actively try to learn and to listen to others as much as I'm talking on this podcast. Like (laughs) I do try to like to listen. And, um, and so I'm okay even looking back on my life to like my mistakes thinking, well, like that was something stupid I did, but I'm learning and I'm trying to do better. So I like that. um, I don't know. I think it may be my superhero power actually, but I'm going to do a follow-up. The, the follow-up question would be, Okay, so that's great. You've got a good control over how you're going to view the world and how you're going to process information and, and how you're going to handle it. Do you, are you able to tolerate people who maybe have a, more of a victim mentality who have that, or do you eliminate those people from your life to keep your, your bubble uh, clean? Oh, man. Um, I think... I mean, it depends. Like, you can't eliminate <laughs> You can. Right? <laughs> so, like, uh, so those are stuck yeah. with me be- forever. And I try to try to help. But you're right. Like, I do protect, like, myself and my sphere and my family and the people that I really care about from that, you know. And if there is, like, negativity in my life or someone else's life, like, I encourage them to, like, 
if possible, to remove remove that and surround yourself with people that support and love you and know that you're going to make mistakes and that you're not perfect. And that's okay, because that's an opportunity to learn. So but yeah, like people, um, but it also like, I just feel kind of bad too that like for people to be negative and like see the world in that way, like they were probably dealt a certain set of cards, you know, and they've gone through things that I can't even imagine. So um, I do feel like, sad about that but in a way you have to kind of protect yourself too are you doing any sort of mental training to keep your your head in the right space like you talked about how you can let go of that perfectionism and you can say you know on the day this is as good as it's going to go like are you working on that like on a daily basis or is that just that's just you (laughs) yeah like not officially like but um and i think that's taken me years to like cultivate like I don't think like in my first round of running I wasn't as like confident in myself I've always been the same person I've like my whole life I've been the same Kira but um I don't think I had the confidence to like really put it out there as much and it's been really like validating and it shouldn't I shouldn't have needed this but being able this second round to put myself out there totally authentically and to be like supported and encouraged and like the fact that I don't know it just um that makes me feel even like more confidence that people have I don't know appreciated like my point of view and kind of my weird way of showing up on a podcast in a granny (laughs) outfit to do your hundredth so um so that's been validating I think and um that's given me even more confidence that I'm you know doing yeah your your confidence is like something I admire so much. And just hearing you talk about like, you were eighth in the world, but you know, next time you'll be on the podium. Like, but I I think it's almost contagious because I will say on Megan, since she's known you, um, and you, you laugh a little bit, but I do feel like it's rubbed off on you. You're like, kind of like, well, Kara can do these things. I've still, I, I can, do this and I feel like it's rubbed off on you. I I don't think I'm like I wasn't born to like win at running. Like I've always had like a gift, but I think I've worked really hard and I've developed myself mentally and physically to get here. So I do feel like everyone is capable of like finding their own best and improving and working and I feel like we all underestimate what we're all capable of. You know, and so like to be able to inspire people to find out, like I never knew I'd be the American record holder. You know, I just wanted to get back into running to feel good about myself. And then I wanted to do a little better. So it kept kind of snowballing. But I think that we all like really underestimate what we're capable of. And if we have the courage to put ourselves out there and to try and not being afraid if we try and we don't get anywhere, like we find out like some really special things about and ourselves. Even if you don't hit your goals, but you try, I think there's some value in putting yourself out there. And maybe the lesson is humility and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Meg, would you agree with my statement that you've been inspired oh, with 1, your personal percent. running? Oh, 1,000%, yeah. I mean, Kira, you have to know that you've inspired thousands of women around the, especially, I think, like just distance runners, I think, Particularly with the new time standard they just set for the Olympic trials, I think a lot of women were initially kind of shocked and like, oh man, like there goes my chance. But we see people like you who are absolutely just crushing all times that we never even thought were possible. And it's like, 
well, maybe we can get a little bit faster. And I, I think one of my favorite things is, and this is this hundredth episode is dedicated to building up Kira's ego. But um, <laughs> the, the thing about it is, is I do feel like the fact that you're not in a training camp a hundred percent, that you're not like, I, I look at some of the other people and I'm like, well, of course they are. Cause they've dedicated their life to this one pursuit and they have, you know, they get to live in Flagstaff or they get to live in Boulder and they wake up and they train, they nap, they eat. They have, you know, nutritionists that are helping. They have every tool that you could possibly have to stretch out their talent. And then you go, okay, some people, they have, they're doing Oreo contests and, <laughs> you know, selling some real estate and, and, and doing their thing and being a parent. And you're like, oh, wow, maybe, maybe there's an entry into this sport into the highest level where you don't have to be, you know, completely focused on on the sport does that make sense yeah i totally agree with you too and i think that we should and can continue to like support those coming at it a little bit of a different way and i think like for me i felt really powerful like i've always kind of been one like i don't know i've always like any dead fish can go with the flow like i've been swimming swimming upstream my whole life like i like being unique i like standing out like in that um, I just, I, I don't know. I'm comfortable being a little weird and a little strange and doing things differently. Um, but I think that, you know, hopefully I can show like other people that there's not that you don't have to be an NCAA champion that goes pro and joins a professional team. Like you can go and you can, you know, have another career and you can run and you can accomplish great things. Like for a while I was unsponsored and I felt really proud of that, you know, that I was like, just kicking ass on my own, you know, and just doing it my way. And I think that that's why I'm here is because I found a way to put it in my life in my way. And um, so I really am excited to see like other women and just other athletes in general rise up doing it their way too. Cause I think it's just a really fun to watch, watch. Speaking of all the hats, you added another one recently when you decided to open a running store. When did you decide this was going to happen? I've been dreaming about this for a while and I wanted to start working on it before Houston, but I was like, let's get through, let's set this American record. And that would actually probably be good for a running story. <laughs> so why don't we focus so on So the that? only reason you did it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Anthony grew up working in like our local running store in Midlothian, which has since closed. And for me, like when I stopped running competitively in my twenties, like I really felt like running broke my heart and I didn't think I could run unless I was training and had goals and was running at least eight miles a day. Like it didn't feel like it was worth it. And so I was kind of heartbroken and I just separated myself from running for a while. But then I started working as the director of marketing at Potomac River Running in the Northern Virginia DC area. And that like working with a running store and like community of runners, I learned like how much more running is and can be you know it's not mostly about like for me every now and then it is but it's mostly not about how fast you can run but it's about like what it does for you and like your confidence and how good you can feel about yourself when you start on a run and you feel like you can't finish or you're intimidated or nervous and somehow you find a way through like that is just like the best feeling in the world to finish a run and be like wow i can't believe i did that and to be able to connect with the running community and learn how to run to love running and to have fun with running, 
I mean, that's why I'm here right now is because I learned all of those things through being like a recreational runner. Like I'd, you know, just show up to whatever race and maybe try to win my age group or just place. A lot of times I didn't because I wasn't training in between those races. But um, I think it was a really powerful thing to learn to love running in that way. So now that I'm in a position that I can like give that back, like, I mean, in Richmond, I go to every single running group and high school and middle school and elementary school, girls on the run, healthy kids running. I try to support and encourage others to like get moving. And now I feel like even more so I can invest in my community and help people. Like it's called PR run and walk. And that's not by accident. Like I want to help people, even if it's initially just getting on into walking or getting into trying to do their first 5k or, you know, maybe they have no goals at all, but they just want to get moving in some way. Like I really want to support my community and help them like get active. And I think with, you know, the position I'm in right now is a really great opportunity for that. So after Houston, we started nailing down the specifics and um, we open on this Saturday. What is that? The 20, the 30th, July 30th. So we're opening on the 30th and then we're doing a big like grand opening party on August um, 12th through 14th. So that's awesome. That's gonna be fun. The one thing I took out of that was there's some women in Richmond that got the chance to beat Kira D'Amato at local races. Like how much <laughs> would you love to be able to say, yeah, she's, she's a world record holder now or American record holder now, but you know, at the 5k, I crushed her. <laughs> so that's so true. But also like before even Richmond, I lived in Tampa, Florida and Washington DC. And I remember this one race in Tampa, Florida, where I had just moved to Tampa, like, cause Anthony was in active duty military at the time. So we're moving around a lot. So it was my first race. I did a half marathon, totally untrained for a half marathon. And the whole race, people were like, go Kira, go Kira. And I was like, oh my God, they already know me. And they <laughs> love me here. I love Tampa. And I finished the race and there was, I was thir the third <laughs> Kira that finished. So I didn't even win my like name group and Kira is not a very yeah. like common name, but there were two Kiras in Tampa, Florida that day that beat me. I don't, I mean, I wasn't even top three overall. Like I don't even, my age group, I probably didn't even place in my age group, but I looked on the names of like women and there was two Kiras that beat me. So I wasn't even the fastest Kira in That could Kira be a new Tampa. neat stat. Like you have age group, you have your, your all overall pace. Uh, place and then you could have by name <laughs> how you did i know i was like i was third and, the third cure that day i think we need to start breaking it down in more categories and, and I if think you that lose you lose the it. name <laughs> in that town yeah you got to start adding like a junior or like a yeah. number two like, like so i'd be cure yeah. the third that day yeah, zero three i like that <laughs> that's really oh, good boy. Final check-in for this 100th episode. Did I say that right? 100th episode? Yeah, final check-in. So we've gotten past all that stuff. I don't care how fast you're running. I know you do. But think about it. You're probably the only person who really, really cares how fast you're getting this done. Or if you take a walk break or if you stop, whatever. Just pick yourself up. It's the consistency. It's the keep showing up that makes you a runner. So just keep coming back. Um, okay, I know we're getting close to the hour mark here, but um, I we have to ask about, you just posted on Instagram 
maybe yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Kind of went uh, viral. Um, yeah, it definitely did. Uh, about someone who commented on your body, was it a few days after you had just run the marathon in Eugene? Yeah, I think it was. Was it body or size? I think it was I, Friday I night. So it was on Friday night. I just run on Monday. So it was Friday night in the stands. I like had just bought. So like the athlete tickets are like in the sun and it was like a really hot day. So I actually bought a ticket like in the stadium and I just bought one and I had some friends in another section, but I sat like by myself and was just cheering. And I sat next to a man who um, was um, just pretty rude with his comments. So he was asking like, he was like, oh, you look really fit. Do you run? I was like, actually, I'm a marathon runner. Like, and I'm really proud to share that. And then hoping he'd be like, oh, cool, like what <laughs> marathon, deeper. you know? So I'd like slow roll and be like, actually, I'm eighth in the world. But he was like, oh, well, you're awfully big for a marathon runner. And then I was just like, oh, I can't, I cannot stand comments like this. Like in my whole life, I've probably like, probably at least once a year, I get a comment like, how do you run so fast? Or like, you know, you're one of the larger ones in the field. How, and I just want to like, like reporters have asked this of me and I just want to say, did you see me crush it out there? Like I remember one time after winning like state championships in high school, in high school, a reporter asked me, how am I beating these other girls when I'm bigger than them? And like, I've been really fortunate my whole life to be surrounded. Like my parents have like instilled on me like good body image, like all the coaches that I've ever had have had really positive like relationships with food. So I feel like I'm in a really powerful position that that stuff never bothered me. Cause in my head, I'm like, these guys are idiots. Like, did you not see me? Like I won States or like I ran my best or like, I'm really proud of how I'm doing. Like, so I've really always been able to brush those comments off, but there was something. Oh, okay. So then he kept like, I tried like turning and I wasn't listening, but he kept being like, well, what marathon have you done? And I'm like, oh, at this point, I don't even want to tell him. But I was like, well, I was just eighth. You know, I just finished the marathon on Monday. And he's like, you ran here? Well, you must have been like one of the larger ones in the field. I mean, you got to admit, you were probably one of the larger ones. He said, ones you got to admit. Like, he was trying to force me. He like was trying to get me to agree with him that I must have been one of the larger what ones you- in the field. And I just like, how, how is that relevant? Like, how is that relevant at all for what but place I'm- I got? And then he started, you know, it's clear maybe he had some own body issues. So he started saying, well, I wish I could be a marathoner, but I'm not under 160 pounds. And if you're not under, I shouldn't even be saying any weight things. But this is what this man was so crazy. But I walked away from that conversation laughing. Actually, when I met up my friends, I'm like, you'll never believe what someone just said to me. Isn't that funny? And it just it just sat with me in my heart that like if I'm hearing this as like eighth in the world, there are like girls or boys or women or men there's people all over in the world that maybe don't aren't surrounded by people like that have built them up that are like believing that and that like just i couldn't like huh getting a little emotional but i couldn't sit with that knowing that maybe there's like a high school girl who heard that and believed that bullshit you know so i was like i need to say something because that's not okay that's not how you find your best in anything you know like Oh, I don't know. So that just like, that's when it really started resonating that like, if I'm hearing that other people are too, and I'm lucky that I can ignore it and brush it off, but maybe other people can't. And that's not okay. And so I posted it and I was like a little 
concern. Like, I talked to one of my girlfriends because I was like, I know this is, like, a sensitive issue. Like, can you help me edit this? Because, you know, I just don't want to, like, offend anyone. Like, and she was like, no, I think it's important that you share that. And she even said, like, are you going to keep the comments on? And I was like, you know, like, I think... You know, I've already said in the post, like, I don't want to hear it about my body. So I hope people will respect, you know, not to come in and make comments about my body. But just, you know, people can relate or people want to share something that they've learned or if people want to comment. I think it's important to allow that space in the conversation. And like that day, like every time I got like a notice on Instagram that someone like shared it or commented, like it just broke my heart that like people could relate to that, you know, and it was really sad, like, if it also was happy that people were sharing it and spreading the word and hopefully like a girl that heard that somewhere saw my post and could help ignore it. You know, I feel like we're never going to be able to block out all those conversations and teach everyone that that's not okay. But hopefully just empowering people that when, you know, they do hear something like that, they'll know it's just a knucklehead, like saying something that he shouldn't. But, um, but yeah, that was, um, my like I couldn't believe the reaction and I was a little like I don't know like looking gross right out crying but you're, you're not looking gross tissue. Um, but, I, the thing that's nuts <laughs> to me about it in is like you had just like you said eighth in the world at world championships you know you post the wonderful picture of you hugging the other two American athletes Emma Bates and Sarah Hall and then it gets a you know everybody loves that you get a lot of you know probably love on that the, that post but i my entire feed was filled the other day with reposts of this post um you know i i went through the comments just to see okay how are people responding to this are people you know in overwhelmingly i know yeah it's sad that there are people that have gone through this and experienced this but overwhelmingly there it wasn't a negative spot of anybody um taking the opportunity to to be a troll it overwhelmingly seemed like a supportive almost like a support group of people saying yeah that this has happened to me or i felt this way and you know or i strive to obtain a goal that you know is unrealistic and it seemed like a very much uh, it, it it's just crazy how much a post that you probably didn't put as much thought into you you just wanted to get it out because it was a thorn in your side or something that it created almost more attention than you finishing <laughs> the world championship marathon no you're spot on they're spot on with that and i'm glad that it was shared and i'm glad that it was spread because i just you know hopefully it reaches someone that like needed to hear that that like that's not that's not the way that's not right. Like, you know, and I mean, I think if people have questions, they should speak to a registered dietitian because I don't know all of that, but I do know, like, I don't go to bed hungry. You know, if I'm feeling lightheaded on a run, I'm like, I'm not fueling. I need to be eating more and I need to talk to someone to help me figure out why I'm feeling this way. Like, and I've, I don't know, I've never, I don't, there's no like weight. I've never, like I've talked to one nutritionist when I was first getting into marathoning and I just asked like, is there like a marathon <laughs> weight? I've never done this before. And she's like, she just stopped me in my tracks and she's like, are you trying to find your best? Or are you trying to lose weight? And I was like, I'm trying to be my best. And she's like, then don't think about the other one. 
like know that you're trying to like find your best and be your best, you know, so that's not, they're not related. And I'm so glad that I've had, you know, that kind of advice my whole career. So um, I'm hoping that like, maybe other people will take something from that. But I do appreciate like you sharing all of that because yeah. I do think it, it just helps people to hear like all the perspectives and um, that you've had like similar instances. But what is next for you race wise? Typically, your body needs like a good month to recover. But I feel like because I went in without proper marathon training that I've been able to and the fact that I've done so many marathons in my life, my body's a little bit more um, responsive to that. But so I'm going to start my marathon buildup with the marathon. I've heard that's uh, probably the best way to do it, <laughs> to put a marathon at the beginning of your marathon training. But um, I'm definitely going to be doing a fall marathon. We're going to wait and see how the next couple weeks of workouts go to be able to really finalize like which one. Um, but I'll probably I think I want to do Falmouth and maybe the New Haven race and then we'll kind of go from there. So that's kind of the plan. So if I can get back and working out, that's what we're right, going to be for. in Falmouth. So you have to go. And I don't even know. Sweet. Okay. You said that Tony drinks beer. Do you enjoy a frosty beverage after a race? I like my tolerance now is so low. Like I can have like one sip and oh, I wow. feel tipsy oh. and then I get a headache and then I'm hungover. So I just don't drink at all but like root beer i love like a good root beer so i tell people i'm like drinking there beer and then i'll be like root beer and that's always a good joke yeah that goes <laughs> over real well like it's a couple groans usually but um but yeah i'll do like i'll do other things like in between that i'll like add in like more of like i can't when i'm training really hard like milk products are like tough and like ice cream even though i love it so much so like when i'm kind of a little down i'll like overload with the ice cream because when i'm like really building up that's uh it's hard like my body just can't sit with it so then i lean more on like the oreos and stuff but uh yeah i'm not a big drinker long long uh long answer okay, to is a tony coming question. to falmouth <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really, he's right. fun to be around, man. Tony D, man, prime time gets into prime time mode and he has a good time. But yeah. Well, will will we'll he be running it. it too? Probably not. Okay. Maybe I, I can convince him. Are you guys, so are you guys both running? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Maybe I should get him to run it then. That would be Tony really can fun. run with me. Yeah, it's only seven miles. Okay. When he has a buddy to run with, he is like, a million times more likely to sign up. So the fact that you just offered that, he, buddy. I might I'm be able buddy. to convince him to do I'll, it. I'll, that I'll, would be fun. I'll run with him. Yeah. Okay. We get we could have a lot of fun. It's a very good spectator race too. So he'll there's there's lots of hoses to run through. There's all, all sorts of stuff. So yeah. He loves a good hose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely set that one up. And then uh, we're, we're, just in case you're looking for fall marathons, we'll be at, at London and New York. Oh, cool. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's going to be fun. So if we can yeah, we'll tip see. you we'll see how way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would be really fun. I, uh, I'm going to work out tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes, and then we'll start figuring it out. But, yeah, oh, I cool. think I can run even faster than I did in January, and uh, I want to prove it this fall, so that's the plan. Wouldn't it be cool at, like, a – marathon like london to run your fastest marathon and then have fish and chips with fellow americans <laughs> that would be cool i would have to do a crash course on the language just to make sure i could communicate with uh, the locals For sure. but um yeah i think that'd be fun it's a slightly different accent than my australian accent there thomas only has one <laughs> accent and they're all really bad and it's just can one. you give us like a taste of that 
It looks like you're from London. <laughs> That's really good. I mean, not a good London accent, but that gets really like, good, meaning funny. That's good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> then you'll love the rest of them. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. Okay, Kara, thank you so much, as always, for coming on. It's always so much fun to talk to you and appreciate just everything you're doing for the sport. So, yeah, thanks. pumping thank people you. up. And- Thank you for having me on for your hundredth. And do you guys realize how big this is? A hundred episodes. Like how many That's hours crazy. is that? That's it's awesome. Man. Too many. Too many. But the, <laughs> the crazy thing is like when we start, we're like, nobody's going to listen to this thing. But apparently you we have like 10 so people fun. that tune in every week. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are crushing it, man. You're funny. And there's a lot of like knowledge, like with all the shoe talk and everything. Like I know whenever I'm looking for advice, I go to you guys to see like your reviews and everything. So um, I think you guys are doing a lot of good for the sport too. So thank oh, you guys awesome. for being you. And Thanks. I believe. In that. Ah, perfect. Amazing. We'll have to get that isolated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so always entertaining, always great to have on. We love Kira. Can't wait to see her next and see what's going on. But uh, in the meantime, I want to say thanks to ASICS for having us out at Worlds again and real excited about what we got going on in the future. And thanks to you for listening. Robbie, who do you want to thank? Uh, oh, dude, somebody... Oh, man, I forgot the name of Instagram. While so. he's going to look up the Instagram name, I'm going to say thanks to Brandon for editing and getting the podcast out. Megan? Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We made it to 100 episodes, so that's really 100. exciting. Oh, I guess i got to thank Megan and Robbie, because without you guys... You'd there, be nothing. There'd be no, it would just be you know Thomas who, with Believe in the Run. Yeah. You know who I'm going to thank? Nick Sanchez for bringing yeah. it back. Yeah. For suggesting we do the podcast. We're like, nobody's Forcing gonna, us into it. Nobody's ever going to want to listen <laughs> to us talk about shoes. Uh, I want to thank Johnny Dodgen for, he did another Robbie is it, is Raccoon it, illustration. Is it Dodgen? Oh, that's nice. I Let like me that. see. It's very good, right? Did he actually draw that? Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, that's money right there. I didn't know he was a illustrator. Normally just comments a lot. Yeah. He never has sent any photos. He even put in that f- film that I found on the film ground. Film That's solid. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I need. Do you think I should get a uh, Robbie Raccoon tattoo? Yeah. Definitely. Not against On your it. face. I would feel, you know, I would feel since I. No. Here's what you do. You just get the raccoon eyes. <laughs> over, your, yeah, over your face. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, that's a good idea all right all right right. well hey thanks for everybody for getting us to 100 we wouldn't keep doing it if we didn't get positive reinforcement from you so your comments and your stuff when we meet you in person you tell us you like the podcast it really pumps up our heads and then also we love the comments when you guys just send us a dm and stuff like that it really does make a difference because we sit here and we don't know if anybody's listening and then uh yeah say something nice and it's cool and we should add as a reminder, if you could please like and review this podcast because that helps us get more exposure, uh, which is, I don't know if it's a good thing, but. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And I got to say hi to mom. <laughs>